You're listening to a podcast edition of Closer to Truth. For more information about this series, visit our website, closertotruth.com. The God of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam claims to know the future. Years ago, that caught my attention. Their scriptures assert, as the prophet Isaiah said, that God declares the end from the beginning. To eliminate prophecy would be to eviscerate their vitals. No divine prophecy would mean no divine revelation, which would mean no divine authority. As a wide-eyed teenager, I was fascinated by prophecy. Could it be true? As a wizened-eye adult, I wonder, by what possible mechanism could God know what is yet to occur? How could God know the future? I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and Closer to Truth is my journey to find out. If God knows the future, the nature of time must be involved. So I start with a scientist who believes that God does know the future. Russell Stannard is a nuclear physicist who now relates science and religion and explains science to children. Good, I thought. Maybe Russell can explain how God knows the future to me. We meet in London. Russell, speaking as a scientist, can God know the future? I, as a physicist, find it much easier to believe this than, than a theologian does. And the reason is, is very simple. It really goes back to Einstein's theory of relativity. What, what Einstein was saying is that space and time are much closer to each other than, than one would normally think. You know, one normally thinks of a three-dimensional space, you know, up and down, sideways, and back and forward. And time is something you know, quite, quite different. And that things evolve in time as it goes up through the time axis, okay? Now, what Einstein says is that is quite wrong. And what you're actually dealing with is uh, a situation where time is welded to the other three. So that's, that's, that's the sort of situation. So what that means is that uh, space and, and time are all existing like that. Um, it means, for example, that just as um, at, at one point in time, like this instant now, all of space exists, and we're happy to accept that, it also means that at this point in space, all of time exists. All instants of time exist on the same footing. Now that is a real wrench because customarily we think that events that have happened in the past, they used to exist, but they don't exist any longer. Just our memories of them. That's right. Which is part of the present. All that yes. exists yes. is the present instant and the future doesn't exist yet. Okay. Um, this picture says no. 
It all exists on the same footing. Okay, what does that mean as far as God's point of view? Well, we think of God as being imminent, meaning that God is featured along that time axis, you know. That, that's before I prayed to him, and that is after I prayed to him. Okay, so God is, is in there. Nevertheless, the God we're interacting with there has got this transcendent overview. He can look down upon four-dimensional reality in the same way as I'm looking down on my four fingers here. So he could take in the whole, the whole span. And I think that that is a very important part of, of Christian belief, that the God I pray to in time is a God who knows the future and therefore is in a position to know what is best for me, which might be saying to me, no, Russell, I know you're asking for that, but you don't know what you're asking for, mate. But can we go from there to the reality of God's mental life? I would say that my appreciation of this certainly makes it easier for me to accept that God has foreknowledge. Because I know that in some sense, and don't press me as to what sense, in some sense the future exists. All God has to do is to find a way of looking at it. And for a God, I don't think that's too difficult. Russell's position is clear. God knows the future because God is outside of time, timeless and thus can see, in an instant, all of time. Here's what's fascinating. Russell's fellow physicist, John Polkinghorne, claims precisely the opposite. And John is a believer in the same Bible and a priest in the same church. To find out why, I meet John in Cambridge, in Queen's College Chapel. God knows things, obviously, as they really are. And if this world is really temporal, then God will know it in its temporality. And I find that uh, helpful. But it carries some strange uh, implications. For example, if the world is truly temporal and unfolding, I believe that means that God does not yet know the future. That's no divine imperfection. I mean, I think anyone who's a theist will believe that God will know anything that is knowable. But if the future does not yet exist, then even God can't know it. Needless to say, there's a good deal of contention in theological circles about that, but that's what I believe to be the case. Would that make your God a little bit vulnerable? Well, I think that's right. But I think, I think that there's another uh, current in 20th century theology which is to rec recognize the vulnerability of God. Though the act of creation was, as the theologians say, an act of kenosis. Kenosis means self-limitation. Nobody limits God from the outside. The attempt to do that is the sinful error of magic. But God bringing into being a world in which creatures are given the gift of freedom to be themselves, to make themselves, which is the gift of the God of love, that God is vulnerable to the, the circumstances of that world. God is not in total control. God is not the, is not the sort of master planner um, who is instantly obeyed in every instance. I mean, I think I can believe that God will fulfill the divine purposes, but maybe through contingent paths. Uh, so that uh, it isn't the question of, 
in other words, I see the history of the universe not as the performance of a score <laughs> that God wrote in eternity, but as an unfolding improvisation. Uh -huh. And I believe that the, the, the great um, cosmic composer will resolve the fugue at the end of time, <laughs> but it, by contingent, contingent means. So your God, the omnipotence, the omniscience, all, yeah. all power and all yeah. knowing, is more constrained than others. Well, it's very important to understand what you mean when you say that God's almighty. It doesn't mean that God can do absolutely anything. Um, for example, the rational God cannot decree that two plus two equals five. The good God, I believe, cannot do evil deeds. And the God who is the God of love cannot be a cosmic tyrant. There must be some gift of freedom. It's risky, it's vulnerable, as, as you say, in that sense. But that, I believe, is, is an important. And it explains that, that not everything that happens in the world is the fulfillment of God's direct will. I don't believe that God wills either the act of a murderer or, indeed, the devastation wrought by an earthquake. But God allows both to happen in a creation which has given its freedom to be itself and to make itself. I was actually quite moved when you wrote that God is neither the extreme tyrant yeah. dictator of the universe, but also not the God who sort of set it in right. motion and then right. went away. Right. Those are the sort of two extremes. That, that that's right. Yes, yes. So you have to find somewhere in, in the middle that God allows, interacts with creatures, but does not overrule creatures. So there's a whole tension between those two. It's a celebrate the theological conundrum to get that balance right. Now we see that conundrum written cosmically large in God's relation to the universe. John says that if God knows the world as it really is, and the world is really temporal, then God cannot know the future because the future does not yet exist. God experiences time and thus, in a sense, God is at risk, vulnerable. That won't sit well with Ernan McMullen, a Roman Catholic priest and philosopher of science. Ernan defends the traditional view that God indeed knows the future perfectly. We meet in Cambridge. Ernan, you believe that God knows the future? Yes, except that that's the wrong way to ask the question. The problem is that the term future is our term. And if you say, does God know the future? I, my immediate answer is, whose future? You mean my future? Yes. Yes. Well, there are only two ways of answering that. One is to suppose that God can know my future only by knowing the present, my present and that God has to, as it were, forecast uh, you know, what's going to happen, that's a hopeless case. God doesn't forecast anything. Uh, God has no foreknowledge. God only has knowledge. The second answer is to suppose that, that the, the term, temporality terms themselves, like future, are human terms, like color, for example, green or red. God doesn't see green in the sense in which I see green. Uh, God is not temporal in the sense in which I'm temporal. Temporality is, in fact, something that God has, as it were, imbued as creation. It's an enormous limitation. It's a limitation of our being. We grope towards the future. We have lost our past. We are, as it were, uneasily present to a very limited slice of time, and our future is completely dark to us. This is a huge limitation. Now, that kind of limitation is part of the space-time of our universe. 
our universe is a space-time universe within which space and time are linked together in an indissoluble way. Now, when you ask, does God know our future, you are supposing our point of view. Yes. And our point of view is, in fact, not the Creator's point of view. The Creator is not stuck with our kinds of limitation. Of course God knows the future, not my future alone, but just future generally, because future is, uh, is a part of the universe which God is, as it were, bringing to be in that single act of creation. God knows the future not by knowing the present, because that would impose an enormous, an enormous kind of limitation, but rather God knows the future by holding the entire sequence in being in a single act on God's part. Do you see the relativistic so-called block universe where you have three dimensions of space and one of time in this block that relativity theory has right. postulated, right. supporting the traditional view that God can know the future by knowing those points? It's not a block universe from God's standpoint. Uh, it, it, a block is one within which no change happens. Yeah. And of course, God's universe is one which is seething with change all the time, a change which God enables to occur. That's just the opposite of a block. It's a seething ocean of, of change all the time, but it's an ocean which is kept in being by God as creator. And God has always known from before creation yes. exactly every single event in that, in that seething yes. Yes. cauldron. Yes, but remember that the way in which you really have to try to wrench away from our temporal perspective to the perspective of a being who is creating that time itself and all the possibilities that lie within it. I mean, the possibility of free action is what makes our universe what it is. A universe of risk and a universe of, of virtue, a universe where there can be heroic virtue and there can be awful evil. To Ernan, God's existence is so far beyond human existence, so far beyond this entire space-time universe which God created, that God knows the future not by perfect forecasting, but by self-evident certainty. I hear the opposing view is called open theism. The controversial claim, at least among certain believers, that God created a universe whose future is not entirely knowable, not even by God himself. A leading open theologian is Greg Boyd, pastor of a large Midwestern church. We meet in Washington, D.C. This is the view that I espouse, and it's called the open view of the future, or sometimes it's called open theism. And in a nutshell, the view says this, that the future isn't out there as a settled reality for God to know, um, at least not exhaustively so. Rather, we agree that God is omniscient, God knows all things, God knows reality exactly as reality is with perfect accuracy. But where this view is distinct is it holds that part of the furniture of reality, if you will, are our possibilities. 
Um, that when God created this world, because he created it with some free agents, uh, the future is to some degree a matter not of what will or will not come to pass, but rather to some degree a matter of what may and may not come to pass. And that's what's real. And what is the fundamental driving reason that if I'm a traditional Christian theologian, that I am really upset sure. with what you just said? There's a fundamental assumption that if God doesn't know the future as a settled reality, exhaustively as a settled reality, then God uh, can't uh, promise to bring good out of evil. Uh, he, you know, things might happen to you that, that take God by surprise. And um, so there's this assumption that God loses a providential advantage uh, if he doesn't foreknow the future as a settled reality. Now, I think that that, that, that may make being God more fun. Well, yeah, I, yeah see, it, 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 it takes away the adventuresome side of God, and I, I think that's an important attribute of God, the, the risk-taking, adventurous God. But on the other hand, I think it's really a mistake to think that God can't come through on his promises to bring good out of evil simply by, but because he knows the future to some degree as a possibility. You and I worry uh, about the future to the extent that we are not certain of what's going to happen. To the extent that we have to think about possibilities as opposed to a certainty, we have to spread our intelligence thin to cover the possibilities. But see, if God has unlimited intelligence, which all parties in this discussion agree, agree with, then God could anticipate each and every one of a trillion, trillion possibilities to the trillionth power, each and every one as though it was the only possibility. Because God doesn't have to spread his intelligence thin to cover the possibilities. So for a God of unlimited intelligence, uh, there's no functional difference between anticipating a possibility and anticipating a certainty. And so I believe that, that it's really a mistake on the part of some to get worried uh, with the idea that God anticipates a uh, partly open future. They're really, without knowing it, they're limiting God. And if you just have confidence in God's intelligence, you don't need to worry about the fact that some of the future is, is, is open to him. It would seem that that could make for a richer universe, a richer fabric of reality. The Bible teaches that, was, that we're made in the image of God. And part of what f makes life uh, full for us is a sense of adventure and risk and that we genuinely contribute to reality. We have say-so. We genuinely make a difference. And it strikes me that if, if everything I will ever do in the future and that you will ever do in the future is eternally settled, the, it, the facticity is out there from all eternity, well then there's nothing that the flow of time really contributes. It's just all settled. And, and it's like God watching a movie for the 10 billionth time. There's nothing of interest that happens. Uh, I find the open view to be a lot more biblical, a lot more true to our experience, but also a lot more beautiful. It makes our life really significant. Open theology claims that if God does not know the future totally, then human life is more free and more meaningful, and God's life is more dynamic and more interesting. So are there only two possibilities? Either God is timeless and sees all the future all at once, or God experiences time and the future is open. There may be others. William Lane Craig, a Christian philosopher known for his debates with atheists, has a different take on how God could know the future. Bill, is my ability to ask you one question or another settled in God's mind? Well, I think that really depends, Robert, on what you mean by settled. 
and different theologians have different views of exactly what that means. For example, there are those who would follow that because God has decreed that everything that happens will come to pass, therefore he foreknows it. So that his foreknowledge is based upon his predestination of everything that happens. And that would remove, I think, significant human freedom. Another possibility, perhaps the other extreme, would be to say that God doesn't know the future and doesn't determine it and therefore he gambles in creating human beings with free will because he doesn't know how they're going to react and God takes risks. That sounds more exciting to me, not knowing what's gonna happen. Well, remember that in the quest for truth, we have to be very careful that we don't pick what appeals to us Fair enough. as what we Fair think enough. to be true. <laughs> All right, so we've defined two boundary conditions. Yes. All right, now what's in the middle? What's in the middle are a couple of different views. One would be the simple foreknowledge view, which would say that God doesn't determine the future. There is genuine free will of human beings, but that God knows what will happen in advance. So that God's knowledge, though chronologically prior to the event, is logically posterior to the event. God's knowledge doesn't determine the event. It's the event that determines what God foreknows. Sounds like reverse causation, a causation in a backward direction. I think it does have the same sort of effects or implications as backward causation. In the simple foreknowledge case, there is genuine human freedom and God simply knows how agents will cho freely choose. And if they were to choose differently, then he would have different foreknowledge. Yes. Okay, anything else? Well, there's a fourth view that we haven't talked about, and that's the view called middle knowledge. And it adds a sort of extra explanatory dimension to the simple foreknowledge view by explaining how God has knowledge of the future uh, uh, with respect to free actions. And what it holds is that prior to God's decision to create the world, God knows how any free creature would freely choose in any circumstances God might place him in. So by choosing to create certain circumstances and put certain creatures in them, God's foreknowledge comes as a result. He knows exactly then how that creature will behave because he knew uh, what that creature would do if he were in those circumstances. So this gives God foreknowledge of the future on the basis of his knowledge of how persons would freely choose in any circumstances they might be placed in. The determinists say this allows too much human freedom because God doesn't determine how the persons will act in these circumstances. The open theists say this is too deterministic because God is the one who chooses which world it is. And I find myself comfortably in the middle between the two saying that it affirms both divine sovereignty and human freedom. One uh, defender of this middle knowledge point of view put it in this way that, that I, it sounds paradoxical, but I, I think so nicely captures it. He says, it is up to God whether we find ourselves in a world in which we are predestined, but it is up to us whether we are predestined in the world in which we find ourselves. I have to think about that one. <laughs> Here's how I think. First, I give my God-believing friends the big benefit of the big doubt and assume 
that the traditional God exists. Then I ask, how could this kind of God know the future? Because if it turns out that God knowing the future is inherently contradictory or otherwise impossible, then I must either change my understanding of the traditional God or conclude that the traditional God does not exist. There are four ways that God could know the future. One, if God is all-knowing, he can perceive or forecast or just know perfectly the future consequences of current actions. This is simple foreknowledge. Two, if God is all-powerful, he can ordain or cause to happen that which he predicts. Or he can predict that which he ordains or causes to happen. This is predestination. Three, if God is somehow outside of time, he can know in an incomprehensible instant everything that did, does, or will occur. This is a timeless God. Four, if God can know what free creatures would freely do, in every possible world God might create, he will know what every creature will do in the actual world he does create. This is a God with middle knowledge. All this gives me a headache and I've no idea if I'm getting closer to truth. To watch complete conversations with over 100 of the world's leading thinkers on cosmos, consciousness, and meaning, visit our website, closertotruth.com.